For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby, Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz on the Believe Network, B-L-E-A-V. You guys have found us and we're happy to have you with us as uh, we were able to lighten up this morning on our anxiety medication. Uh, prior to that, <laughs> I had been on a Dilaudid drip because we're following a couple of local teams in the postseason and we managed to escape with a comeback from the grave, a Lazarus-like comeback by the Florida Panthers last night. They stayed alive in their series against the Washington Capitals, but uh, right back again tonight on the anxiety-ometer yeah. as we have the Miami Heat taking on the uh, the uh, challenge of the Philadelphia 76ers, who now have evened up the series at two games apiece. Joining us right now to uh, help us analyze all the things that are going on in the NBA playoffs, one of our all-time favorites, an original member of the Miami Heat, I would say this is a fair statement that he is to Michigan basketball what Larry Bird was to the game in Indiana. We welcome from the Detroit Pistons broadcast team and a 15-year NBA uh, veteran, uh, the great Grant Long joins us here on the program. Uh, Grant, how are you, my friend? Default, you got to get me whoever writes that intro for you because I need that <laughs> when, I, when I walk on stage every time. I need that intro every time I walk on stage. There you go. I'm yeah, pretty well, good, I mean, man. You guys doing okay today? Of tr- truth to that, I mean, your, your legend in uh, Michigan is, uh, you know, right, right up there. I, I would think Bird-esque. Uh, you know, there is a statue of Larry there uh, in Indianapolis as you walk into town, and that is the only feature of the city besides uh, that that one restaurant and maybe uh, what? My castle. Uh, the uh, yeah, the Rick Smiths, uh, you know, <laughs> Rick Smiths. <laughs> graffiti wall uh, somewhere. But uh, good to have you on the show. How, how are things in Michigan? How, how you feeling? Uh, what's going on up there? Everything is good, man. The weather's turning. We're finally getting rid of the snow in nice. the middle of May. So that that that's, things are looking up from that perspective, at least. Nice, and uh, of course, things are uh, literally and figuratively heating up. Uh, with regard to the NBA playoffs, uh, uh, let's let's start uh, with the most basic of premises here that uh, we'd love your opinion on. Should Doc Rivers not have been fired immediately for having Joel Embiid in that Toronto game with four minutes to go up 29 after, uh, you know, he, he was questionable during a series with a thumb injury. And clearly the 76ers had, had gotten off the hook from losing the two previous games sort of in shocking fashion where people thought they might be the first ever to lose a series after being up 3-0, and it looked like it was going in that direction. But what the hell was Embiid doing on the court at that point? And uh, should Doc Rivers have not received much more scrutiny for it than he's actually received? Well, guys, I don't know if it's a fireable offense, but I do think he should have been put to the fire for that for that coaching adjustment because you're right. He, he did not need to be on the floor at that point. And as you can see, the result, I had no idea that he was going to continue to play, but I think it speaks to 
you know, just how hard and how difficult that road is to get to the postseason and be competitive and actually have a chance to win that coveted trophy because there's no way that Embiid is actually supposed to be playing, not only playing, but being highly effective with that, uh, that, that fractured orbital. So, you know, again, I think that just speaks to his competitive nature and, and Doc, Doc Rivers basically is dodging a huge, massive, uh, self-destructive bullet there, if you will, because no way that that injury should have happened because he shouldn't have been on the floor. Talking with Grant Long, uh, analyst for the Detroit Pistons, longtime NBA player and NBA analyst here on Believe Network after hours. Uh, follow him, hit him up on Twitter at Grant Long forty three. All right, Grant man. So t- keeping it with the Heat for a second, like you're a guy that you started at times, you came up the bench, you did everything, and I'm sure there were times where you're in heavy in the rotation, heavy. Sometimes you weren't in the rotation. Um, you played for a lot of different coaches. Coaches, I'm sure, had your Beliefs, some coaches who didn't. Eric Spoelstra is a guy that has been in both parts as a head coach. One time he was playing with a bunch of legends or coaching with a bunch of legends, and there was a lot of question marks. Now he's a guy that has the tenure. He's a guy that's considered a top 15 coach. He has multiple titles, and he's almost a bit of a reproach at this point. But we are a little confused because at some point, when do you like bring the guy back off the bench who hasn't played in a while, especially when he is one of the top two or three three-point shooters in the game, and you haven't hit a three for like a week and a half. Like, watching the Heat with Duncan Robinson is one of the most confusing things. Like, you played a long time. Like, is it impossible to bring a guy back that's been sitting on the bench? Because to me, one thing Duncan Robinson knows how to do is hit a three in his sleep. So the fact that he hasn't been trotted out there at all is a little confusing. Well, you know what? That, that's that's very difficult to see because I think he's played less than three minutes the the entire playoff series. Yeah. So I, I he he has hit a wall and perhaps he's carrying that five years, eighty million dollars around with him. That's why he can't get off the floor and shoot. Mm-hmm. However, I will say when you think about the playoffs guys, coaches automatically shorten their rotation. I don't know if Duncan was actually I don't I don't know if he actually made the playoff rotation to begin with. So that that may be that may be the, the 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 reasoning behind why he's not getting a whole lot of time. Besides the fact he's not making any shots, and I'm with you, Luby. This guy can make shots in his sleep with his eyes closed. He, that's what he does. He's a born shooter. If he does nothing else, he can shoot the basketball. Remember when they had Mike Miller with the Miami Heat? He, Mike Mike Miller with a bad back and two bad knees. They still trotted him out on the floor to at least keep the defense honest. And I think Duncan Robinson provides that same thing for you. Even if he's not making shots, he has the potential to make them. So you have to at least send the defender in his direction. Well, and the last time we saw him, he was sinking like eight out of nine three-pointers. He yeah, looked he like Rex Chapman against the Bulls uh, many years ago and uh, had like a miraculous game. So so you would have thought they might you know, go ahead and, and at least uh, give him a shot while they were shooting a very poor, uh, poor uh, like seven for 35 uh, from three-point range uh, the last time uh, against the 76ers. Well, what's weird, Grant, is that we're seeing guys we didn't even know were on the roster coming out and getting minutes ahead of this guy, including Morris in the last game. And I, I thought, wow, what's next? Is he going to trot Zoe out there in the court? <laughs> this is one of the great coaches uh, in the NBA, uh, considered maybe among the 15 best ever. I, I guess he's already gotten that that nod, which is uh, – you know, uh, quite a distinction. I mean, considering the history of NBA coaches and uh, some of the great ones that were around for a long time, uh, but uh, you know, what 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 possibly could be uh, behind uh, just just trying to wheel guys out that haven't even played like since November? 
uh, before you would get this guy out on the court. And, and then it sounds like we're making a case that Duncan Robinson somehow is going to save the series, which the Heat may well win anyway. But, uh, you know, it, it just seems odd, uh, some of the moves that are being made all of a sudden when, you know, the regular season went so well for the Heat that they were the number one seed. You know, my guess, guys, is that because you've seen him and I've seen Duncan Robinson, by all accounts, he's a good guy, decent guy, uh, all-team yeah. first type of guy. So when you see a drastic move like this, a player who is in a three-point shooting league who can three-point shoot and he's not getting any minutes, you have to look elsewhere. You have to look outside the box and say it has probably nothing to do with basketball. Well, we can point to the fact that he's not shooting a great free ball right now. That would be the easy way. But we know that coaches give guys opportunities to come out of their shooting slump. That's just how it is. And he's not been given that opportunity. So I say look beyond that. There's got to be something else that's going on with Coach and Duncan. It's not It's not a team thing. It's something that's going on that they have to iron out. And I, I think this may be something that is uh, – I want to stop short of calling it a punishment, but there's something that uh, – that Duncan has done that may be detrimental that's keeping him on the bench. I don't think it has to do with the fact that he's not making shots. I think it's beyond that. But we, we won't know until the series is over or maybe even a year or two down the road. Or maybe if he gets traded, we'll find out. But we won't know right away. But there's there's something else behind it besides lack of shooting. All right. Interesting speculation. Somebody uh, should show uh, Riley a picture of John Starks and say, hey, you know. <laughs> You let this guy try to shoot his way out of that uh, horrendous game uh, many years ago. Uh, why wouldn't you give this guy uh, a little bit of playing time when, when your team is doing so poorly from three-point range? All right, what about the 76ers? We, we talked about the Doc Rivers thing and Embiid, but they get Embiid back. He, he doesn't appear to be himself. Uh, I thought Embiid uh, would you know, get even more consideration than he did. I guess he finished second in the MVP balloting uh, uh, behind uh, Jokic, who you know, statistically, uh, you would have to say, had a great year, but I thought Embiid actually deserved it this year. Um, what, what happens tonight, Grant Long, as these two teams uh, battle? Now Philadelphia rallied back, won the two games in Philadelphia with Embiid in the lineup. Uh, and yet, I, I don't know, are, are we being foolish uh, that, to assume that the Heat somehow just shrug that all off and play a much better ball game and take a 3-2 lead tonight? No, well, I, I think that would be the assumption that they will. But you know, I think the biggest difference in the in the series is James Harden. He, he started to play a different brand of basketball. Nobody saw this coming, and they thought he was going to ride this, the playoffs out and the series out pretty much standing pat with how he's been playing all season. And that has been not getting to the free throw line, not being very productive. He's at his points, but it's not been impactful. But the last couple of games, he's done some things that uh, have impacted the game, namely that fourth quarter dis- uh, display of scoring that uh, gave Philadelphia the lead. So, uh, he, he's turned the corner, I think, and, and, and starting to shun all of those naysayers who said he wasn't a playoff basketball player or couldn't handle the big moments in the playoffs. Well, so far in this series, at least the last couple of games, he's been able to prove that he, he is a playoff contending player. He is a uh, uh, an MVP player, and his skills are deteriorating right before our eyes, as so many people have said about him throughout the playoffs. So he's uh, if, he, if he can get going, you know, that one-two punch of Embiid and Harden can be very difficult. But I give the nods again to the Heat because they I said this at the very beginning of the playoffs, guys. There were two teams who I felt who who, uh, who, who epitomized the, the word team. And Miami was right at the top of my list. They play as a team along with the Milwaukee Bucks. 
not that it's hurting today. The, the Boston Celtics, they are playing an outstanding brand of team basketball, and that's why they're winning as well. Harden looks a little bit like Butterbean Ash out there. I don't know if your brother <laughs> ever fought Butterbean Ash. Remember that guy, the fat guy that was the king of the four-rounders? Um, but uh, he, he doesn't look like uh, the explosive James Harden he's been in the past. Uh, Grant Long with us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby. I, I know Luby is uh, chopping at the bit here. As, uh, he, he has been on quaaludes uh, throughout the series here, trying to calm himself. Now that Philadelphia's back in the series. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, three other series going on. Uh, Luby, what do you got for Grant? Well, I just wanted to say, like, have you ever seen an instance where a team is as good with or without their superstar? Like, the Grizzlies are one of the strangest experiences because it's not like, okay, they lose, they have Morant and he takes over and they're just a different team. He plays very much the same way that they play when he's not around. But the guy's getting 44, he's getting 48, he's setting record scoring, misses a game, and they almost beat the Warriors, and the Warriors have to come back from the dead to win. Like, I'm trying to figure out another time in at least basketball when you remove the superstar, such a superstar-heavy sport, and the team plays as good if not better. Like, can you explain that, how the Grizzlies are that good even when John Morant doesn't play? That's a great observation, Louis, because you're dead on, too, because he's missed, a quite, he's missed quite a few games during the regular season. And statistically, they, are, they, they have a winning record when he misses basketball games. So they do know how to play without him. And I think the, the biggest compliment you can pay them is that they don't sh- let him shoulder the burden of yeah. why they win. He's not the reason why they win. He helps them win, sure but he's not the reason that they win. And I think that that team understands that. So if he's out, they still continue to play a brand of basketball that's conducive to winning. And that's all you can say about it. That They just understand how to win, how to play with the guys who are on the floor and how to get the most production out of them. You know what? Monty Williams got the coach of the year, but I, I think their coach has definitely garnered a few votes as well because he's, he's put a team out on the floor. I don't think nobody thought would be this competitive and be this far into the playoffs uh, this season so fast. You think the uh, people with the uh, New Orleans Pelicans uh, wish they'd taken Ja over Zion at this point? <laughs> I mean, right now. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, nobody's <laughs> happy about that except McDonald's and, and, and New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, <McDonald's is> just... <laughs> strange approach that he's exhibited for a guy that looked like uh, he just uh, loved the game and, and looked like he'd be a great ambassador for the game with his enthusiasm for it uh, unfortunately and, you know New Orleans not a great place either if you have uh, you know problems controlling your appetite and, and a lot of free time and money on your hands <laughs> uh, you know you're going to try and uh, control the uh, waistline there all right uh, golden state uh, now uh, sort of in a dominant position uh, you would say 3-1 uh, in the series and uh, you know still questionable whether uh, Jean Moran is coming back did did you see anything in, in that whole uh, situation where he got injured that that would make you think uh, you know something rotten went on there uh, looked to me like uh, just uh, you know a typical thing that happens on a basketball court i mean uh, what was that was that Grayson Allen in disguise that, that was uh, grabbing a hold of uh, Jean Morant's knee? I, I've watched a replay of this play a zillion times. I, I don't yeah, see what fine. everybody's crying about. It just uh, looked like an unfortunate, uh, arbitrary, uh, you know, uh, in- injury that, that occurs once in a while. I agree with you, Defo. I, I watched that thing several times and, and still trying to figure out where he may have injured a knee. Uh, and I, I couldn't come, I came away with nothing. Now, there was a few plays prior to that where, 
he went to challenge a shot on Clay Thompson and he actually led with that knee and he caught Clay Thompson on the hip. It may have injured his knee at that point, but the, the play that he actually, John Morant actually isolated and said, this is where it happened. I, I didn't see anything. That, that was the freakish act. That, that's like the Sonny Liston punch that never was. Yeah. That's like the Lamb exactly. Beer foul on, on, on Kareem that never was. I'm still waiting on on that to see, you know, what happened. I, I didn't see it. I've watched it several times, and I didn't see it. Yeah, it wasn't exactly Kermit Washington turning and uh, slugging Rudy Tomjanovich, <laughs> which even that <laughs> appeared to be somewhat accidental, in my opinion, uh, although I probably am, uh, you know, somewhat in the minority on that uh, since uh, he was condemned and basically, you know, was never the same guy after that, either player uh, for that matter. Uh, uh, all right, uh, so the other series is equally mystifying to me. I mean, uh, Luka Doncic uh, reminds me uh, of the guy in the neighborhood that nobody can stop, even though he, he may not be the most athletic, but he's just like the biggest, strongest guy. And if you're playing football, he carries six guys on his back into the end zone. Uh, if you're playing basketball, he bowls his way through four people. They all hack the crap out of him. And uh, at the same time, he still scores the basket and then, you know, goes to the stripe and sinks a free throw. Uh, but uh, I thought Phoenix was a much better team. So um, what do you make a 2-2 in that one? And, and where do you see that series going, Grand Lock? Yeah, I, I thought – I didn't think the Suns would run away with it, but I didn't think the Mavs would ever be in a tied situation with, with the Suns, considering the Suns yeah. were there last year and they were on their road back to the finals. And uh, I thought the team that would give them trouble would be the Golden State Warriors. But the Mavs, remember, uh, Luka didn't even play a few of those games in the first series. Yeah. And now he's back in the second series. and. He's a smaller version of, of the Joker. You know, he's got the talent, he's got the skill, he got the, 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 the know-how once he gets on the court. And then the other guys around him, you would think that because they're missing Hardaway Jr. that, you know, a lot of the pressure will be put on Luka. But so much, so many other guys have stepped up to take a lot of that pressure where you can't just double-team Luka. Bronson has had an outstanding series. Uh, Finney Smith, he's playing well. Dinwiddie, these guys are really taking a lot of onus away from uh from Luca to put the ball in the basket. So now it's, they're, they're free-flowing as a team, and you just can't key in on one guy because the other guys are really stepping up, and it gives Luca an opportunity to shine one-on-one, -on -one, and that's exactly what he's doing. Uh, yeah, where does Guy Poole now, come I still from? Ha I still have Phoenix also. to come out. Yeah. What's that? I still, have Phoenix winning the, I still have Phoenix winning the series. Yeah. Yeah, it seems logical. Uh, you know, they just uh, appear to be a better team. Uh, you know, Chris Ball was on an amazing run there. Talk about shooting i think he went 14 for 14 in one game and hit his first six, uh, six shots in the next game and then uh you know the other thing out west though where did this guy pool come from uh for golden state where, where do they find these guys he came from the university of michigan guys that's where he there you go, there you go. listen Jordan he did not shoot the ball like that at the university of michigan that that is all the golden state warriors culture being around guys like Klay Thompson and Steph Curry who shoot the ball as a way of life, so to speak. That's what they do. So you get a guy like Jordan Poole who loves to shoot. He can shoot it. He's, and they've given him the freedom to say, listen, man, when you're open, shoot it. You won't. There's nobody on this team who will tell you that was a bad shot. You understand what that means if you're a player and there's nobody on your team that's going to tell you that's a bad shot. Exactly. So you take a bad shot. Nobody's going to look at you out of the side of their eye when they when you take a shot from the corner with two guys on you, perhaps, and somebody else may have been open underneath the basket. 
Nobody's saying that. They they want you, Jordan Poole, if you're open, shoot it. Don't worry about missing. Don't worry about whoever else was open. Shoot the basketball. That's a heaven for guys who want to shoot, and that's the culture that he's in. That that he's engulfed in with uh with Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. These guys shoot the ball. They love to shoot, and they want him. That's as a shooter, man. You just you can't ask for a better scenario. No, Golden State. Uh, you know they they, they looked like they were going to be a team to contend with, uh, especially when they got Thompson back. I don't know that he was uh, necessarily the uh, same. Clay Thompson that we remember, uh, maybe he can come back to that form, but uh, certainly they have uh, many, many different components to them that uh, can make it troubling for uh, either uh, of the teams, uh, Dallas or, or, Golden, or uh, Phoenix, that uh, come out of that other Western series. All right, uh, one series left here, uh, Grant Long, and that's Milwaukee and the Celtics. Uh, common wisdom was Celtics' best team uh, in the East uh, throughout the latter portion of the season. Uh, came on like gangbusters, uh, Tatum. Uh, genuine superstar uh, Jalen Brown found a way to coexist with him very comfortably and, and be an impactful player. Uh, they don't have this guy Williams uh, who was uh, big for them uh, defensively, but they do play great defense as a team. And they're in there against the Bucks. Uh, I, I tuned in last night. The Bucks are up ten. Look like they're cruising. I turn away for a while and uh, come back, and now the Celtics are uh, somewhat in control of the game or are coming back in the game, and they end up winning it, making it two-two. So, uh, what do you think is happening there? And uh, what are some of the keys? And uh, I guess the other question would be, if they ever call traveling in the NBA, would Giannis uh, even be able to come off the bench for, for a team in a developmental league? <laughs> yeah, listen, they, they, they did a small video of, you know, six steps for everyone. There's yeah. got to be a problem there somewhere. Yeah. That. Kind of, kind of losing you and out there a little bit. A yeah, but they, they, they have to rewrite the Jordan rules to accommodate this guy. <laughs> At the end of the day, guys, I, I, I've got to go with the Bucks. I love what the Celtics are doing. Um, they're, they're a great team, first-year coach. This is a heck of an achievement for them. But the Bucks are still playing like they're hungry, and they've got Giannis, two-way player in my estimation in the league. And uh, I just have to, I have to give them the nod because even though they're missing their their great shooter Middleton, they've been able to pick up the pieces and keep moving forward. I, I like them in the series. All right, Grant Long with us here, a longtime NBA veteran, a great American, and uh, the uh, analyst on uh, the Detroit Pistons uh, telecast uh, all throughout the year and the regular season, which unfortunately it was uh, just a regular season for the Pistons uh, again this year. Will we ever hear the term process? in association with the Philadelphia 76ers if they get processed out of the playoffs uh, in this series. Is, is that finally the end to the whole notion that these guys are involved in some sort of process that isn't destined uh, to end up in the same level of mediocrity that they unfortunately were trying to get out of for the last 20 years? Well, I think the process went out the door when Brett Brown left. So yeah. there, there'll be no more process. And if, if the process will be over once again, when Don Rivers walks out of that door because they'll, they'll be done again with his process. So uh, there'll be a new name, but same meaning. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Grant, uh, thanks so much, uh, as always, for being with us here uh, on After Hours. It's always a pleasure. Any platform we have to uh, have you on uh, with your expertise and your analysis uh, on the game. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again real soon. Uh, hopefully uh, we'll have a favorable result tonight. And, uh, well, we'll ease a little bit more of the pain that we've been feeling here in South Florida with these teams driving us crazy. 
uh, by making uh, these playoff situations uh, very, very concerning. Go Panthers, go Heat. Let's go. All right, thanks. thanks Appreciate it. Grant Long, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we'll see what happens. Uh, Luby, uh, are you on board tonight? Uh, heat yeah. laying three and a half, and you yeah. say? I think the Heat win. I hope they win with these. You should see a better hero, a better Bam, a better Vincent, a better – they're a better everyone. They're at home. So uh, – this, and I don't think you're going to see the same Danny Green, and I don't think they're going to let Harden just sit there and shoot wide-open threes in the fourth quarter again. So I presume you'll see a much better Heat tonight, and they'll go up 3-2. And they'll cover up. I think Riley himself is going to come out of the stand. <laughs> James Harden. If they allow him to stand there and hit that stupid step back oh three that he God. takes. Just watching it. It's like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dribble the ball for 23 seconds. Yeah. They're like, come on. And then uh, hoist one from three-point range. All right. A lot of fun being with you. We'll do it again tomorrow and after hours. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, catch us on the Defo Show. You can Google the Defo Show. That's uh, D-E-F-O. And we're on two hours uh, every morning uh, on the Defoe Show uh, with uh, a whole fresh bunch of ideas. Yes, sir. And that's why this is literally for us uh, after hours. And uh, with that, uh, we will leave you with the notion that uh, as far down in the grave as the Florida Panthers were last night, and with the coach looking to have made a ridiculous clown-like move by removing his goalie from the net, empty net, three minutes to go in a game, not two, not one thirty. But three minutes to go in the game. Plenty of time to have something go wrong. One errant puck, and the series is over, essentially. Uh, but no matter what happens, uh, as uh, we uh, were, were sort of ignorant of last night, no matter how grave the situation, you've got to believe. Hey, folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapist, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this, if you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled caring people, there is truly only one place. And that one place is Catholic Health Services. Recently, we realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. Would you go into court without an attorney? So why would you go up against an insurance company without Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa? Seven to 10 times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, give them a call at 954-809-8752. Why go up against insurance companies alone when you can have Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa on your side? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.